Hello, folks and fays. Welcome to this episode of Our Common Unity. I'm your host, Alexis Burton. This episode was recorded back in August and has been waiting for me to edit it so it could be shared with you. I finally sat down to do the editing, and I am pleased to share this conversation with Heidi Shantanet. You can find the links in the show notes for the books, podcasts, and resources we talked about. We sat down together after work in Cornwall Park to share stories of our communities. I'm sure you've noticed by now that the majority of these conversations have been held outdoors, so I hope that you will enjoy the background as much as we did while sitting here, enjoying the last of the sun for the day. So my first question is, who is your community? My community is anybody that I am lucky enough to have in my sphere and my circle, so it changes all the time. Mm -hmm. I consider my community those that live around me, my neighbors, the people I work with, my friends, and even just the people that I might pass in the grocery store. I mean, community is just anybody that is part of, I was going to say Bellingham, but even bigger, like Whatcom County, and then when you get outside of Whatcom County, just any human that you have the you know the luck to come across that's what Mm. I would would call community that's a more fluid definition than I've heard Mm -hmm. I mean every person I've asked has had like a very different definition as you've probably noticed while listening to it yeah I think that's really interesting Rachel Vasek said it was includes the creatures and trees Mm -hmm. and Laura said anybody who was interested in the work she was doing Mm -hmm. and there's every person yeah I think that is I love the different definitions that everyone's been coming up with I love the name of your podcast, too. Thank you. It's a play on community. I like it. (laughs) I was so proud of myself when I came up with that. So what brought you to living and working in Bellingham? Well, I have a couple friends that have lived here for quite a long time. I used to live in Southern California in uh, Huntington Beach, a little beach community. And I would come up to visit those people and just slowly fell in love with it. Mm -hmm. And my work back there in Southern California, I was lucky enough to um, work for a very, very wealthy family, and they entrusted me to give their money away. So I learned how to run a foundation through working from them, and um, lots of odd things happened after another that's for a whole nother podcast, <laughs> and it made me realize that I needed to... Um, I needed to, to get out mm-hmm. and I knew that if I would have just tried to get out he would have just kept throwing me money because that was kind of the MO of of that world was oh you're not happy okay here's another 10 grand and I'll take you on private jet to go here and there and so it's a completely different world than what I'm in right now mm-hmm. working with people experiencing homelessness it's quite an interesting juxtaposition but um so I knew I had to go and I had and I thought I need to leave the state because mm-hmm. I just knew that he would he would make it so I wouldn't wouldn't want to leave so I'm like okay I have a plan to leave the state. So I I thought either I was drawn to New Orleans and I was drawn to Bellingham and Very I med different. and I meditated on it and I saw myself being lonely in New Orleans just not having community already established that I'd have to create my own community Mm -hmm. and I knew that I would at least have a handful of loved ones here so I figured I chose Bellingham and I figured I'm gonna do it for two years I have no matter what I have to live here for two years and then after two years if it doesn't work out I could try New Orleans or try something else and uh, two years went by in a flash and I was just like nope I'm here I'm home it's wonderful and 
um, getting back to the, the rich dude, it's kind of a funny story. He, when I did end up saying I'm, I'm leaving and, um, he was very much into, um, every, every person around him's love life. Very like loved talking about hooking people up and mm-hmm. just, so I gave the excuse that I wasn't finding love in Southern California. So I'm like, I just feel like I just need to go to, to Bellingham to find somebody, which is funny that he just took that and ran and loved it. So he ended up, even though I was basically quitting, he gave me $30,000 as a parting gift. Oh so I joke that I moved up here with like a suitcase full of money and nothing <laughs> but like dreams. And when I when I first moved up here, I had no idea how bad the job market was. Just clueless. I'm coming from SoCal where I could get a I like get a job in a day if I wanted to, you know. So when I first moved up, friends would say oh I heard about this job and I heard about this job and I heard about this job and I would just like put my ears fingers in my ears like blah 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 I can't hear you I'm having so much fun hiking and whatnot and Mm -hmm. then when it finally was like oh gosh I need to find work this is like that money's running out you know and uh then it was just super challenging to find work which I don't know have you experienced that yet I absolutely have ridiculous and housing here yeah housing Housing and work yeah and work so um so that was an interesting little eye-opener for me, kind of put me in my place of like, oh, you should, when someone's trying to help you, you should, you know, accept the help. So, hmm. so anyway, yeah, that brought me to Bellingham. Oh, and then another interesting story with all that. So one of those good friends that um, I, I knew that already lived here had taken a class at the Upfront Theater, mm-hmm. and she thought, oh, gosh, I, you would love it. You need, to, you need to do that. You need to sign up for a class when you first get here. So I think within two weeks of living here, I started with the Upfront Theater, and so that was like a huge part of my community. It was just up until that they closed, it was so sad. Just such a gift for me. So I ended up um, working there for a very long time, like six years or something. I did front of house and performed there, and yeah, that was just a super fun way to like get to know people and get to know the community. I'd never done improv before, so it was just a new totally new experience for me Mm -hmm. so that kind of that's why I came to Bellingham do you still do improv uh no because of the shutdown yeah however it's on my radar to like one day go back but Mm -hmm. my takeaway I did it for four years that I wasn't ever in main stage but I took classes for four years and was in the satellite group which is kind of the the group trying to be on main stage and my takeaway after that was improv is really really hard so mm. then I just enjoyed being the front of the house, you know, kind of taking care of all the people getting into the theater and all the players and whatnot. But, yeah, I don't – it's funny. I was about to say I don't miss it, but I guess I do a little bit. But I don't know. And my life has changed so much since then. Now I'm a stepmom and I'm married and just, you know, doing shows on Friday and Saturday nights just isn't – doesn't kind of align with my life. But, hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can you share a little bit with the audience about the focus of Lydia Place and your history with it? Uh, Lydia Place is doing all that they can do to disrupt the cycle of poverty and homelessness in the county. So um, we help families, mostly families, sometimes individuals, um, get out of homelessness. So find homes and keep homes and uh, I personally am in the rapid rehousing program, so um, I work with families. I start working with them when they're either sleeping in cars or we, we get them in motels now mm-hmm. as much as we can. We have a lot more funding for motels. And then I assist them in finding homes and in like 
working with the property managers and just making sure they have a good relationship and and kind of for those that have never been on leases kind of teaching them how to be a tenant and that sort of thing and 100% of the work is client driven so it's mm -hmm. not me ever saying you should do this and you should do this it's all them like this is where I'd like to live okay I'll help you get there this is what I would like my, you know my family life to look like so then I help them get there so it's all uh, just client focused and and helping families reach their goals and become stable and be able to eventually um, pay for their rent on their own mm -hmm. which is really hard right with rent prices yeah so disgusting right now <laughs> i know you're just going up oh my gosh it's ridiculous i used to before working for lydia place i just love looking at houses for rent and whatnot mm -hmm. i'm addicted to craigslist and i used to like email shame people like seriously this house you're charging someone two thousand dollars i can't believe you're doing never got a reply of course but <laughs> and once i started with lydia place i was like can't, can't do that anymore oh yeah and plus i feel terrible that i just use the word shame that's not a good thing but anyway i just yeah it's it, it it hurts my heart what's happening to housing and it's not just bellingham but it's really really bad here but mm -hmm. it is yeah it's it's really frustrating yeah uh, but we do what we can do and we have a lot of success for sure. Mm -hmm. I'm currently working with about 21 families, um, all are housed, which is wonderful. So, cool. Yeah. Did um, all the 21 families that are housed was that like a direct impact of Lydia Place helping, or were like some of them are already working their way into that? Oh, that's a really good question. So I inherited all my clients from my supervisor. He oh. got so I'm not quite sure where they were necessarily when he started working with them. But I would say that it is clients got to where they are today, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. their hard work to get them there. Um, yes, Lydia Place helps with subsidies and helps connect the dots and resources and that sort of thing. But um, for families that are successful in their housing, that's all them doing that. You know, we're just, we're just there to kind of lend a hand and listen to them and, like I said, connect the resources and the dots when we can. So you mentioned that you moved up here because you had a little bit of community, but where else have you found community here? Well, the Upfront Theater, for sure, that was huge. Um, one thing, I didn't want to lean 100% on the friends that I had here because they had mm -hmm. lives here, you know, and I didn't want to be a burden. So um, starting with that, in taking classes, the first class I took, it's the 100 class and just ground level, like teaches you basics of improv. I met so many amazing souls that are still like my BFFs. Like mm -hmm. I still can't believe that that class had so many just like kind-hearted, um, like-minded people that, I mean, I've been, I'm going on nine years and they're still like really close in my circle. So mm -hmm. um, that's been huge. And then just over to over time, the kind of the handful of jobs that I've had, I met a lot of just amazing people at Lydia Place, obviously that I love so much. And then my work before my pre previous two jobs, I tend to. It's funny. I, my my interview for Lydia Place, I said this after it came out. I don't know. If it sounds so weird, but I feel like I'm like a people collector. You know, like every mm. every place I go, I like latch on to different people, and then they stay with me. So I just have, yeah, I just have a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life that are in my sphere and in my circle and I make it a priority to keep in touch with those people and um, I like pride myself on being a good friend and checking in and mm -hmm. 
just listening to my gut like the other day I just randomly I woke up and I just could not get this friend out of my head in my head and so I texted her I'm like what's going on you know I just need to know what's going on and she was she was just like oh my gosh things are so bad I can't believe you just reached out so it just things like that like being, mm-hmm. even though I hadn't talked to her for nine months or something just like being always um there for people but also open for them being there for me too maybe when I don't know I need it you know so I think it's just being being open and I don't know I love I love people and I love like characters like different characters like I'll be walking in a park and just see somebody I'm like oh my god I need to go talk to that person they just seem like their story is you know just like I gotta learn more about them so I feel like I've kind of done that my whole life and mm-hmm. some stick and some don't and have you ever heard of the um reason season and lifelong friends no so there's reason friends season friends and lifelong friends and reason might be that you just cross paths for like a week or a day or even just a moment or something but there was some sort of reason of why they came into your life Mm. and then a season may be more like a longer period of time but not somebody that stays the whole time you know stays Mm -hmm. for years and years and years but something that you had to like do a like work on something together or grow together or something and then lifelong friends are the ones that do stick and you do you can like call them 10 years you know 10 years go by and you call them and it's like a day hasn't gone by mm. so I forget who taught me that but I don't know it stuck with me I like that it's reason season and lifelong lifelong mm-hmm. oh I like that yeah I do have a lot of friends who have like filtered in and out as well mm-hmm. in my life and I've always just been kind of like well Sometimes you just have to mourn a friendship. Yeah. And, like, that's sad because, like, sometimes, you know, they're, like, there all the time and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're just, like, not there and you, like, forget to notice that they're not there anymore. But mm-hmm. I think that's really key. I'm learning how to be more proactive in maintaining the friendships that mm-hmm. I want to continue. It takes work. It's it takes work. work. Yeah. And also I'm learning, too, to not, to not have expectations for friendships, you mm. know? Like, you don't want to put somebody in a in a place where you're expecting anything because it it sets up for disappointment or something. But if it's like the friend's just there and whatever comes from it is a gift and it's beautiful Mm -hmm. versus, you know, I don't know if somebody does something that you don't want them to do. But I don't know. It's a difference if you have an expectation, Mm -hmm. you know, versus just let it be. Yeah. I think that's a really good point too because, like, especially if you hold a friend in an expectation you forget to realize that they're more than that Mm -hmm. and then you don't see all of where they've grown Mm -hmm. and you miss where you're growing to and you're holding yourself back because you're placing a limit on who you perceive can be right and I think that is really interesting I've been coming to understand that in a really deep way Mm -hmm. um since COVID yep right (laughs) just like really understanding like wow how do we support each other when none of us know how to ask for help Mm -hmm. and all of us are just like I'm here now. What do I do? Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of learning lessons from oh, pandemic. Definitely, definitely. It's a fat silver line, but it's a big cloud too. It's so. A big cloud. Yeah. I call COVID the wet blanket. It's just a wet <laughs> it just blanket. Just dampers everything. everything. Exactly. Everything. It's yeah. just there. There's that wet blanket on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to meet community and I keep having these thoughts like, oh, I should really go to these events that are happening because I'm trying to be a part of the community. Mm-hmm. But I'm also like, I don't know right. yet. Right. Yeah, interesting little juxtaposition. 
How do you stay connected with your lifelong friends, the folks you want to keep around? Gosh, right now, honestly, it's spending way too much money going out to dinner. I feel like my social <laughs> life is going out to dinner, and it's yeah. like I noticed last week I have, and I'm and I'm now focusing more on one person at a time versus mm-hmm. groups, and so it's like last week I probably went out with four different people, mm-hmm. so that's going out to four different meals, and it's expensive to eat in Bellingham, you know. Yeah. So. But that I think also just because, like you said, Bellingham's opening up a little bit, so I'm trying kind of getting it out of my system mm-hmm. to go out, which I probably won't do that anymore, but freaking me out everything about the delta variant going on a lot of outdoor adventures so Mm -hmm. hiking and biking and that sort of thing i just recently for the first time in a very long time had three ladies over for dinner which was lovely Mm -hmm. Um, we did just had a potluck and we sat outside in my balcony and that was wonderful i'm trying to embrace phone dates with friends it's just i don't know i feel like I'm on the phone and looking at a computer all day for work. So when I get home, I don't want to. Like, it's not a pleasure zoom. thing anymore. No, it's not. Right. It's not. Um, I have just amazing girlfriends in California that I miss so much. And when I do have a Zoom date with them, it is wonderful. I'm like, oh, I need to do this so much more often. But then when it comes down to plan it, I'm just like, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's hard. So in person, connection is probably what is fulfilling me the most right now. Mm-hmm. Walking in the woods and. Like I said, going out to dinner, but I gotta just stop doing that. <laughs> yeah, it is hard. Last week, I think it was last week, I bought dinner for five of my friends. Mm-hmm. It's like thank yous for them helping me run a summer camp, and because I like couldn't afford to pay one of the members, because uh-huh. I like didn't expect for them to be there. But I was like, I I I want to like celebrate that yeah. you were with us, and so I bought us dinner, and I was like. That's about as expensive as I expected it would be. But then it was like super wonderful. We went up to Western. We had dinner on the stage um, in the Outback Farm behind Fairhaven. And then we like, I did a tour for them of of Western. Uh It's just like a beautiful campus and they're interested in the school. And so it was a super fun time, but it was also like, oh, wallet. Right. right. So sorry. Right. But man, it's so so expensive here. It's ridiculous. I do feel that like picnic dates like that have deepened a lot of my friendships. Mm-hmm. One of my girlfriends and I have been meeting up once-ish a week when we can manage it with our mm-hmm. schedules. And then we, she lives and works in Fairhaven and I live and work in downtown. And we meet up at Boulevard in the mornings at like 7.30 oh, and nice. we have breakfast and then we both go to work. Oh, I love and that. And that's been like super joyous and I feel like it's deepened yeah. our friendship in a, in a very different way because yeah. we're working around different types of constrictions. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, that's good. Yeah, I like the one-on-one thing. Yeah, It is too. hard when you have friends that are elsewhere. I do have a pen pal that I adore. Um, nice. And her and I like write letters and send packages uh-huh. and we, like, send each other goofy things and that's been really fun. But we did that pre-pandemic so yeah. it's just like continuing where does she live she lives in montana oh nice um, so it's not a super far drive but uh it's super fun and she lives in a small town so like my packages will get there super fast but her packages will take super long to get here and that's always really funny oh, love um, it. But yeah. yeah i miss pen pals mm-hmm. i used to have a lot growing up she keep doing that yeah it's super fun mm-hmm. just like building tiny like the smallest box that you're allowed to send nice just be like, thanks. <laughs> maybe you can do that to your girlfriends in california oh yeah definitely <laughs> just like sure. a tiny little here's some stickers yeah. or something i have a question that i wasn't sure how you'd feel about and i can ask it and then we can go for it or not okay okay how do you define your value define my value 
to my value as a human? Um, either as an individual or in an organization, as an example, but yeah, mm. as a human. I think, um, honestly, by the people that I surround myself with. Mm. By the people that want to spend, spend time with me. Um, and I, I want to say in the work that I do too, but I haven't, I've had a lot of jobs where I'm not doing such important work like this, and I still feel like I was extremely valuable in that work, you know? Um, I, growing up, had bad self-esteem, and it just, I had always had amazing friends, and it just dawned on me one day, like, these people would not want to hang out with me mm -hmm. if I wasn't a good person and mm -hmm. worthy of their friendship, you know? So it's just kind of a moment of, like, looking around at all these amazing human beings that are in my sphere and just going, like, oh, okay, I'm, I guess I'm pretty awesome, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I feel like after that was just, like... It must be I'm, cool. I'm they worthy, me. right? Mm -hmm. But yeah, totally. So I just feel like if I'm, you know, I believe like attracts like. So if I'm in healthy relationships and I have healthy friends and I'm and have a healthy relationship with coworkers and bosses and that sort of thing, that I'm just doing it right, you know. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. So then, with that, maybe at work, can your value be easily replaced? I, the case managers at Lydia Place are all loving, helpful human beings. They're all helpers. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, yes, they can, they will, when my day comes to move on to something else, they will find a new, loving, amazing helper. Um, as far as ability to have a connection with clients, I feel like my connection is my own and everybody would have a different one. Mm -hmm. Um... But yeah, I'm definitely not going to sit here and think that I'm completely irreplaceable. Um, but, you know, everybody's unique. and Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a hard question. Hmm. I appreciate um, your recognition of the nuance for mm -hmm. the different types of value. Mm -hmm. um, I like how you broke it down. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how your goals as a person have evolved over the last few years? Hmm. That's a very interesting question. I remember being at a interview, my first, after, so the Upfront Theater was the first job I got. Mm -hmm. When you moved to Belgium? When I moved here, okay. yeah, and it was probably maybe a year and some change after I moved here. So I was unemployed by choice for quite a while and then not by choice for a little while after mm -hmm. that. Um, and then my next job interview, and then I got the job was for um, a uh, Marine Conservation Foundation. Hmm. Um, the Northwest Straits Foundation, I'll just say it because it's an amazing organization. I love everybody that works there. And I miss them all so much. Um, but they asked me, what's your five-year plan? It kind of threw me off. It's like people should, I don't know, maybe I should have had a five-year plan, but I just never I never thought about it. And, and I said quickly to own a home and to have a family. And then fast forward, I have that. Mm -hmm. So now it's like, okay, now what? You know, like to maintain that and be happy, be healthy in that, which I am very happy and healthy. Um, 
Gosh, I feel like you need to repeat the question again. I feel like I lost yeah. myself. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about how your goals as a person have evolved over the last few years? Okay, yeah. So I think when... I think I had a little bit of the I won't be happy until syndrome. Mm -hmm. Thinking I need the family, I need the house, I need the you know stability, the job, the career. Like, I don't know, I always thought like... You have to find the job and, and be really good at it and do it forever, you know. And now I just feel like I just I want to be content in my everyday, you mm -hmm. know, just little things. Like I don't need I don't definitely don't need a bigger house. I'm super content with my family. Uh, I'm totally fine with. I, it's funny somebody asked me the other day from work, um, what do you what do you I don't know it was what do you want out of life or what do you want out of career or something, and I just said to completely avoid Alzheimer's and keep learning all mm. the time like I just want to keep learning new things all the time mm -hmm. so I feel like there's no there's nothing like oh I gotta climb the mountain and get up there it's just more of like I don't know being happy in the mundane and being I don't know simple things and I don't know just not just being being comfortable in where you're at and not thinking that you have to get somewhere to, to feel that, you know, where I feel like, but maybe it's easy for me to say because I, because I am in a happy relationship and, and have a stable home, you know, I'd probably be saying something else if I didn't have that, but I don't know. That's an interesting filter to put on it. Mm -hmm. Like with my privilege, uh -huh. what's my response to this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, cause I have that now I'm okay with just right day by day being good and being happy and, you know. I don't know. So yeah, it's changed that way, I guess. But huh. thanks. What important lessons has the pandemic highlighted for you? Gosh, important lessons. It's it's. I feel like um, friendships have shaken out. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that. I used to just have a lot of a lot of different friendships where now I feel like that person can be an acquaintance that I just say hi to when I pass them but I don't need to make um, I don't need to take the time to make time to just be with them to cultivate that friendship mm. you know what I'm saying it just it kind of feels like definitely quality not quantity not that I thought quantity before but um, just being content in in little things and um you know, being okay with maybe just seeing one friend a week versus needing to, you know, get tickets for the play at the Idiom show that's debuting tonight. And I don't know, it just seems simple. Life mm -hmm. just seems simpler. Um, I know this isn't necessarily a lesson, but time is a trip. Yep. Like, what <laughs> happened with time? I don't know. <laughs> uh. Seriously, like, it just seems like since March 2020 it's been seven decades mm -hmm. but it's also been two seconds yeah absolutely I feel that both a million lifetimes and none yeah. at all that we're closing out towards our second year mm -hmm. of pandemic yeah so I don't know I um it's funny I can't think of her name right now Glenn Doyle Glenn the we can do hard things lady mm-hmm that's just my mantra yeah. big time is we can do, we hard, can do things. hard things. Yeah. Hmm. And one thing too that I've said a lot since the pandemic, and I don't know if it's necessarily also working with Lydia Place, but instead of saying I've had a hard day, I say I learned so much today. So oh. I'm turning like struggle into learning. Yeah. 
Yeah, I like a learning mindset. Um, mm -hmm. I used to say, I haven't said it as much lately because I don't feel like I've had as many challenging days, but um, instead of having like a difficult day, I was like, I had a really challenging day. Yeah. And for me, that, that just that verbiage switch was kind of like a, um, the same kind of thing where it's like, mm -hmm. well, challenges are good. Mm -hmm. What I learn from challenges. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, and it opened up just viewing the day in a different way, not yeah. just because the word was said differently. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, the small ways we can make our lives better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And just enjoy, like, just enjoying hugs. Just you enjoying know, hugs. Hugs and mm -hmm. seeing people, seeing my family. You know, I got to see everybody. They all came out for the wedding. It was just so wonderful to see everybody in person. And, you know, mm -hmm. had to, we had to cancel a couple trips during the pandemic. And, you know, just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Just makes everything a little bit simpler. Mm-hmm. Like, in the moment. And appreciating things that I just hope all that sticks and it doesn't go away you know that we're not just back to the rat race when it's all over and mm -hmm. but who knows yeah. I have no control over anybody but myself yeah <laughs> that's a lesson I repeat to myself sometimes I'm just like I cannot control this right um, which is both like more upsetting and mm -hmm. also very comforting at the same mm -hmm. time but Laura said in her interview like forward to 2.0 normal 2.0 which yeah. I thought was like really interesting normal 2.0 yeah because there's no way mm -hmm. it'll ever go back to the way it was I mean they just strictly think about so many people leaving their careers and mm -hmm. it's just like nope I'm not doing this anymore mm -hmm. I put up with this before and I don't need to put up with this anymore you know everybody's just like shifting their their needs and their desires and I don't know it's pretty amazing how much movement has happened, even though we're stuck, right? Right. It's weird. At the same mm -hmm. time, there's all the shifts and yeah, yeah, it's a trip. Hmm. What are you learning in your life about what it means to be human? That we're all not really that different, you know. Especially uh, working, starting to work with Lydia Place, you know. I grew up middle class, upper middle class, and, you know, didn't have interactions with people experiencing homelessness before, and so you have this, like, idea of, like, the, the person on the street talking to themselves that you walk, walk over, right, not walk over, but you know what I mean, just walk mm -hmm. around and ignore, and this work has just taught me that, oh my gosh, they are just people, like, and that, I, I learned that quickly, like, almost like my first meeting with a client, I was just like, gosh this is this is just a mother and a child and they have you know the same needs and desires that I have and the same love and yeah so I think that um I remember when I, I've done a lot of luckily very lucky I've done a lot of international traveling before all this happened and I was in uh, Cambodia I spent a lot of time in Cambodia and I met this old gentleman and I feel like I was saying something about complaining about how hard it is to date and men and women are so different he's just like no we are not different <laughs> and he, he just wouldn't shut up about it he kept saying like we are we love the same we feel the same you know and mm -hmm. I just remember like I don't know that conversation really stuck with me because it's mm -hmm. like yeah we get hurt the same mm -hmm. you know phys physically of course we're different but I don't know so yeah that's that's my takeaway I think is that we're, we have so much in common mm -hmm. And focusing on that, 
right. is really healthy versus the differences, you know? Yeah. Less dividing line. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about that. Like the difference, like what is it that unites us? Because, I mean, some folks seem to really enjoy how different we are. Mm -hmm. And they would rather feel that we're different than feel that we're the same. Mm -hmm. That's been heavy on my heart. Yeah. Um, my family is pretty split politically. So I think about that a lot, especially the last like few years. But mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I too have that with my family. Um, but yeah, it's like when you don't, when you don't talk about those things mm -hmm. with people, like then you're just, we're all the same, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah, I like to keep, I like to keep people in my world that are different so that I'm not living in a vacuum, mm -hmm. you know, like, I like to have close friends that, that may have extremely different opinions than me and, you know, well, every once in a while I have conversations about it, not all the time because that would be a struggle on our, on our friendships, but just to see how the other half lives and works and mm -hmm. thinks and, you know, I had this epiphany the other day, not epiphany, no, I had this moment of like, what if I'm wrong? You know, like I am so, I believe the mm -hmm. vaccinations are working and this, you know, I have these beliefs, but what if it's me that's wrong? Because everybody, all the other, the opposite side feels very, very, very strongly about their beliefs too. Mm -hmm. So who am I to say that I'm right? Right. And they're wrong. You know, what if we're just both right? Because we're both, it's our realities, you know? I saw a really interesting picture go along the same lines mm -hmm. but it was like a cylinder shape and there was a light coming from this way on the end of the cylinder and it showed a circle shadow uh -huh. and there was a light coming from the other side and it was a square and then it was like it's all true yeah. like the shadows are both right and yeah. it's just like okay so what's the rest of the truth right because it's how you perceive things. Right. It's how you react to things. And your it's interpretation, how... too. Which, like, interpretation gets us into a lot of trouble. Big time. Big so time. much trouble. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, to take the time to just ask questions and, you know, learn mm -hmm. more. Rather than, like, nope, you're wrong. And, you know. Hmm. I like to read a bunch of different news sources just to, to hear, to read what how other news sources are, are putting stuff out, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I just read the far left, that's all I'm getting is the far mm -hmm. left. Right. Doesn't mean I don't yell at the news. <laughs> I get very upset sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't even remember what your question was. I feel like I went off there. Um, what are you learning in your life about what it means to be human? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I feel like all of this is still <laughs> encompassed. Like we are still under the umbrella yeah. of that question. Yeah. Yeah. Gosh. Yeah. It's interesting that we have to learn what it means to be what we are. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that are just like, this is what I am. Yeah. This is how I exist. And then the, we just have these existential questions. It's like, I don't Do know what kids have to learn? I don't think so. I think they just come they up just knowing. They just exist. And then they stop knowing because mm -hmm. we make them stop knowing. And then they have to yeah. learn again. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think about that a lot. That's, I feel like it's like middle school is like really when that lesson yeah. is like finalized. That yeah. you don't know what yeah. you are anymore. But yeah, the other day we were just driving with a six-year-old stepson and we were just driving down the freeway and mm -hmm. he's like, where did it all come from? 
Which what, part what? of it? What are you talking about? <laughs> the straight. The dirt. Yeah. Whoa, buddy. That's deep. So I just look at his dad. I'm like, that's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I teach um, kindergarten at Cedar Tree. Oh, nice. And one of our kids, like, I started... Um, like between my teaching partner and I, we started like opening up our lunchroom discussion for you get to be a classroom leader, you pick the topic, you call mm-hmm. in kids, you tell them to be quiet when they're, you know, either talking too much or talking mm-hmm. out of turn or whatever. And one kid was like, how was water made? And I was like, do you want the long answer or the short answer? And he was like, I want the long answer. Oh, and then so my teaching partner and I like took turns drawing on the whiteboard molecules. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, I don't know if you get this, but we're trying to do the best we can for this like six-year-old. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's going to be like in my brain forever. I Just like, it. how is water made? I yep. want the long answer. Mm-hmm. Pal, I don't even know. If I know, I'm going to do my best. Right. But yeah, and then they were also curious about along the same lines. Just like, where, how did humans get here? And yeah. So we learned about evolution. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> This is like beyond what I expected. Um, yeah, gosh, I enjoy it. I love working with kids. Yeah. They keep me on my toes. Yeah, they're great. Mm-hmm. It's been very enriching for sure mm-hmm. and fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. even in, in all different circumstances, it's just like the most wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To switch directions a little bit. Can you share your take on the encampment that happened at City Hall over winter? Wow, that's a hard one. We can skip it if you want to. <laughs> there are so many problems. With I know all of that. Yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I don't have an answer. It's just too much for me. I feel like that problem the problem of this is just way too big for Mm -hmm. me to Mm -hmm. comprehend and to like even hold space for Mm -hmm. so I just my 21 families that I work with that's who I work with you know yeah um I don't know I will say that I wonder where the heck our mayor is I haven't heard much from him right um he was talking a bit when all that was going on but do you ever hear him making announcements to the city about anything? <laughs> no, they know. just chased everybody around town. Yeah. They're still chasing people around town. I thought they did. The, the last one wasn't over by Western, right? And then they chased them over to Western, and then Western police chased them back, and then they that was it, right? Then it was like, you're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was an encampment. I live across this, the, well, I share a parking lot with the Opportunity Council, and there's a strip where there are folks camped. Yeah. And they've been like, peacefully camped there for Mm -hmm. a long time Mm -hmm. and they came got cleared out folks returned they got cleared Mm -hmm. out folks returned there this is like the third iteration and then just um to the south of the opportunity council there's like that old building foundation that used to be there and then there was a bunch of folks camped out there and they were there for like two days cleared out cleared out yeah yeah and uh, yeah i I think I, i think it's absolute crap that they clear them out without a solution yeah you know and where I have, are they supposed I have, to go they're trying to find right? a space and, and base camp is not safe 100 percent of my clients are like nope i'm not gonna go there you mm. know um i just recently went on That's a really beautiful sad. vacation to the um to new england mm-hmm. with my husband and the entire time out, we were in cities big cities it's two homeless people where are everyone else 
Apparently in the state of Massachusetts, it's illegal. It, like, it, there's a law that everybody has to be housed. So where they go, I don't know. Who pays for it, I don't know. It's uh, I just got back recently, so it's something that I definitely want to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to think how much of that is, is weather, right? right? I mean, if I was unhoused, I would definitely, I would actually probably live in San Diego. Um, but is it is it services that there's a lot of services here? I can't, I don't know. Um, I've heard I've heard people say it's because we're so left leaning that people that people come here because there are services and there you know but then it's like but there's no solution it's not like mm-hmm. the democrats are solving the problem you know um the whole yimby thing just drives me crazy it's like no you can't it's in your yard it's in all of our yards right I mean, you can't walk downtown without being y- yelled at or you know i don't know i'm just seeing stuff that you, you know it's just it's everybody's problem so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really don't know. I mean, other than it's just really upsetting. And I think that though I heard that the some of the things that were happening at that camp at, at um, City Hall was not not done right. I mm-hmm. mean, like pushing out people that should be there to help. Like so this the hot team couldn't even go in there. That's not okay, right? right? Like if people that are trying to help are trying to get in there and you're not letting them in. So, I don't, you know, that, like I said, I just don't feel like I know enough to really talk too much about that. It's an on call phone, but it didn't ring, so it doesn't matter. Mm. So, hmm. yeah. I don't know much about it either. I couldn't find a whole lot of information mm-hmm. when I was trying to keep up. I bike past it from my apartment to work every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I was always going past, and I went past on purpose because I felt like it was my obligation to see them mm-hmm. not as like a, a thing to be looked at but to just to remind myself that that is part of the reality of the yeah. world that we live in yeah. and I donated what I could and mm-hmm. to organizations that were helping but I also feel very overwhelmed by that mm-hmm. just knowing that there are so many people who need help want help are being told that they can't get help yeah that's been frustrating but oh it's so frustrating yeah like i said earlier if it's just a a couple without kids or a single person it's so incredibly hard to get any sort of assistance it's just this cycle of poverty i had a coworker that just spent some time in the south in florida and i think mississippi and also no homeless people oh so it's like or maybe you know what I want. His, he said it's because how the low the low cost of living it is there. So oh. I mean, that's a huge problem, right? That so it's here, like more accessible. To it's find more accessible. To yeah. So you could yeah. be working at McDonald's and afford a two bedroom apartment. You know, but here you can't do that. Right. I don't know. I feel like that needs to be addressed. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to address that. I don't even know where to begin. Mm-hmm. We need a living wage, absolutely, mm-hmm. but we also need to be able to afford things that a living wage should be able to yep. purchase for us. Yep. Um, yeah, the yeah. gap is just widening, widening, and widening, and widening. It's hard. I mean, I would say number one, start taxing the rich people. Like what? I don't know. What? No, just cuts. Just cuts oh for them. Oh my gosh! Oh my god! That that to me is just like mind-boggling. But we allow it. Mm-hmm. Off. So. 
Well, thank you for sharing <laughs> what you could about that. I know that I know that it's a loaded question. Yeah. I have just been trying to pull my friends and just pull people. Just mm -hmm. like, have, did you see this? Did you hear about this? Like, what do you think about it? Mm -hmm. and folks who like never had to come into downtown were just like, what are you talking about? And I was like, how do you not yeah. know? But like, yeah. that's a location-based mm -hmm. issue, I suppose. Like, I don't know. I just I had to bike past it every day, yeah. so. And then it was at Civic Field, and that mm -hmm. was gnarly too. Yeah. 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 So, how do you make sure that your needs are being met? I struggle with that every single day. Um, I recently read the book Burnout. Have you heard of that book, Burnout? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I can't think of the authors. The two twin sisters that wrote it. Um, and it's about completing the stress cycle and how kind of talks about as back in back in the day when we're you know cave people and we're hunting and gathering and whatnot and we're running from hyenas and all this stuff like our bodies go through this go through the stress and produce all the hormones but then we might catch the catch the prey and and cook the prey and eat the prey with our with our loved ones and celebrate that and just kind of go through the cycle completing the stress oh. the stress of running from that animal or whatever right. we naturally would go through that cycle but now that we're not running from things that want to kill us and our the stress is for example paperwork mm -hmm. it's like i i work a certain amount of hours a day i can't get that paperwork done the paperwork stays in my office i go home but i still have that i still have the hormones and the and the anxiety from that paperwork so when I don't complete that stress cycle, I'm coming home and getting agitated with my family and, you know, creating cancer in my body and just, you know, not just not doing the things that I need to do to resolve that paperwork that won't be resolved. So it talks about, it gives you idea, different, different ways to complete the stress cycle. So little things like exercising, um, bonding with a friend or a loved one, um, a 30 second hug, a six second kiss. Mm. Um, those are kind of the, the four that pop in my head right now. But so I've been really trying to live that to mm. know like when I'm, when I'm done with my day, I'm still feeling like I'm running from the, from the animal that's chasing me, mm -hmm. but I'm going to walk inside my house. So I need to do something to complete that stress cycle. So I've even adopted that language into, into my home, into my family. So I was like, yep, got to complete the stress cycle. I'm going to go walk around Padden. So it could be as simple as me just spending, you know, 45 minutes walking around Lake Padden. Um, a really good cry also can complete it. So there's different tangible things mm -hmm. to do. And like I have accessible it. per day. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, per day, per, per stress, I guess. So mm -hmm. just... Um, really listening to when I need that, listening to when I know I'm just on like hanging by a thread, you know, just pausing. Lydia Place is really, really good about um, asking all the time, how are you doing personally? Mm -hmm. And then saying, go take the day. Thank you. That was hard. Why don't you go take the day and, and do what you need to do to take care of yourself. So they really, they honor that. Mm -hmm. And I'm that I just appreciate so much. So from here on out, that is going to be like super priority of any place I work. They need to be they able need to recognize. to be able to recognize that and like care, really care about my health, you know, because mm -hmm. my mental health is my physical health. So, 
yeah, I feel like if you don't take care of those stresses, you're just going to get physically sick and then you're going to have to because you'll be laid out for a week in your bed. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'll look up that book and I'll add it to my show notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burnout. It's really, really it's good. And they think they have a, um, they have a podcast too that started, yeah, look it up. I forget the name of it, but it was when he who should not be named was president. <laughs> I appreciate that. One of my students, I've been running my summer camp for my students, but one mm-hmm. of my students was like, why do they call him? He should not, he shall not be named. And I'm like, well, names are power. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. So following that up, outside of that, what have you been doing to care for yourself to make sure that you can be an active part of your community? I have really, really amazing solo dance parties. Sweet. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a big fan of a solo dance party. I had one of those last night. Yeah, they're so good. I might have one tonight, actually. My partner works um, down in Skagit, and Mm -hmm. so he's lucky enough to stay there when he's working. So he'll do like 12-hour shifts, sleep, 12-hour shift, sleep, and then come home. So I have... uh, I would say maybe six days a month to myself when I have the house to myself. We have my stepson every other week. So um, during those those times that I have by myself, it's me and Beyonce. I mean, it's just like <laughs> solid. And I used to kind of like keep an eye out for my neighbors on the patio, but now I don't even care. I'm just like, I don't care if they see me dancing. Like, mm-hmm. I don't care. It's necessary. So I do that on a, in baths, hot baths on a regular basis. Um, mm-hmm. I've been really into turning my home into kind of a spa feel so I'll put on spa music and um, and trying to not consume everything I go through stages of wanting to um, listen to all the podcasts and read all the books and read all the news and Mm -hmm. um, and then I completely overwhelmed and burned out and then Mm -hmm. I'm like I can't do that anymore so now I'm in a bit of a what I'm I'm reading and listening to now are more um, leisure or Things that, that fill me, not mm-hmm. take away from me. Hmm. So every once in a while, if someone like really suggests something, the podcast about something really interesting, I'll listen to it. But I don't know. I found myself the other day. I had a terrible night's sleep the other night. And in the morning, my partner was like, what, what, what was up? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Global warming, the <laughs> pandemic. And I just, homeless, I'm just listing everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I can't solve these problems. So why am I, why is it all in my head, you know, playing? I'm just trying to sleep. I can't help people if I'm tired. Right. You know, so. I mean, they do also have an impact on you immediately because, mm-hmm. like, that's your work and mm-hmm. that's the reality we live in. And mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. cult- cultivating friendships with my lady friends and guy friends, and just yeah, taking time, taking time for myself and my needs and. Mm-hmm. The most powerful is the solo dance parties, i got to say. <laughs> Moving everything <laughs> yeah, out of your body. Exactly. Yeah. I definitely understand that. Mm-hmm. I've been house-sitting this week, and I'm, like, house-sitting for another friend of mine, and my partner's about to go out for a couple of days, so I'll be house-sitting my own house oh, while nice. I'm house-sitting. Yeah. But, so I have, like, an entire house to myself right now, which nice. is, like, really lovely and yeah, so I blasted music until the very elderly dog fell asleep. And then I was like, oh, sorry. So I put my headphones on. <laughs> so, 
Oh, cute. Uh, but, yeah. But yeah, getting in nature too. I mean, I always just feel so much better after walking in the woods. So mm -hmm. it's just, we're so lucky to have that at our fingertips. I live in the York neighborhoods, really close to Seahome Hill. So mm -hmm. I'll just like walk up there and, you know, half hour in the woods. It's just like, oh, I feel so much better. Mm -hmm. That's all I needed. Ecotherapy mm -hmm. or nature therapy or green therapy. There's yeah. a lot of different names. Yeah. Forest therapy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a field that I'd like to be in yeah. at one point in my life. I'd like to be an ecotherapist. Nice. Park um, descriptions, isn't that where there's a program mm -hmm. in town? Yeah. There is. Yeah. I was reading, there was like one place, and that's it. I feel like there could be way more, and you could do really well for yourself. Yeah. But, I feel like I forget who did it, but it was some, some, I don't think it was the Chocolate Health Foundation, but it was some foundation created this program called Park Descriptions and worked with medical providers in town mm. to get them to prescribe time outside. Nice. Yeah, so cool. if, if people if their people are hearing it from their doctors, that it would there'd be more, you know, more likely to go out and do it. Hmm. Park descriptions. Cool. Mm -hmm. I like that an organization in town is like, okay, but like, let's go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's nice to talk about it, but let's actually do it. Yeah, that's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Do you have a favorite space? You just mentioned the Seahome Arboretum. Do you have another favorite space in town that you like to spend a lot of time in? I love um, Stimson. Mm. It's my fave. That's like a bigger arboretum. That's mm -hmm. how I feel about it. It's just mm -hmm. like, oh. Yeah, yeah, the big trees. And it's mm -hmm. just so quiet. And, you know, and I love dogs and I love riding my bike, but I love that there's no dogs and bikes there. It just makes it more peaceful. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just runners and, and people. And, yeah, I think it's a quite a gift that that family donated to us. Mm -hmm. And then Patton was my first. My first love was like Patton. I remember when I first going there. I'm like, oh, it's 10 minutes from my house. This is amazing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, those are my top top two probably yeah nice. Patton's pretty sweet I really enjoy that there's like more trails mm -hmm. up above and I was looking at it on the map and it's like sandwiched between like two main roadways yeah I was like whoa I never realized that yeah. before but yeah you sometimes hear the freeway when you're up in the horse trails but mm -hmm. not when you're at the lake at all mm -hmm. I like jumping in the lake too I had a bad day the other day and I was just like and drove to Patton and just <laughs> ran in the lake and jumped in I was like like fully clothed and you're like your work clothes no no i went out and changed them. oh okay yeah. <laughs> i was like Whoa. i would have done i mean i wouldn't have been afraid to do that but no it just yeah Amazing. it's just immersing yourself in water it's just night and day mm -hmm. i'm a water baby I'm a water. yeah it's like a good um i use it when i come home after a stressful day one of the things that i do is take a hot shower mm -hmm. and i just visualize it all yep. getting off of me yep. and then i'm like oh, i'm so clean now yeah and then I feel so totally. much better. Yeah, when we were working from home, I had to get in the shower right after, hang up the phone, like done with work, close the laptop, get in the shower. Mm. Just wash off the day. And then it's like, okay, now I'm home. Even mm -hmm. though I'm home the whole time, you know, yeah. but it was just nice to have that transition of, yeah, work mm. and home. Yeah. Did you work from home the whole pandemic? Or the whole like, yeah. Um, so I started working for Lydia Place March 2020. Oh, good. So like whole right. new career. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I felt like I uh, I've been an admin work for quite a long time, and I felt like I was ready to do direct service. So mm -hmm. got the job, and I it was kind of funny. Like a month or two before, I'm watching the the uh, John Hopkins map. Have you ever looked at the COVID John Hopkins map? I've gone there forever times, just because it's like, probably just red everywhere. Yeah, But exactly. like in the beginning, it was just like the red dot in China and then there'd be red dots here and mm -hmm. the red dot, 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 dot. So it was like I was watching it come. 
Here, I'm just, oh. I remember to my, turn to my coworkers going, it's coming. I know people aren't talking about it that much, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, yeah, I started Mar- the first week of March. I had one week in the office with most people. Mm-hmm. Then the second week in the office was m- basically just me and my supervisor. And then working from home. So, yeah, trying wow. to, like, connect with clients over the phone or over Zoom. And, yeah, that was super hard. I, I It was so stressful. I had hives head to toe. Yeah. Oh. My partner was like, you're just, it's something you're allergic to. You're eating something. I'm like, nope. This stress is hives. stress. This is, am I going to die? And I'm learning a new career. And, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah, it was wow. so stressful. How did you manage that? Um, connecting with my coworkers, asking a lot of questions. I have an amazing supervisor. He's just the kindest person. He's like meant to be a supervisor. He's just the kindest person. Mm. So he really helped. And um, Lydia Place was good to do a lot of, they gave us, um, I forget how many hours, but they gave us COVID hours. So you mm-hmm. could have, I forget if it was like four, three or four hours off instead of, you know, during the week to either connect with coworkers or to just take care of yourself. So, um, that's funny. It seems like it was so long ago. So yeah, like I said, like shower, I just took a lot of showers and just trusted. And and also, and I think it helped and not this, I'm wording this the wrong way, but keeping in perspective, Mm. working with the clients, right? It's like, I am housed. I can put food in my refrigerator. I can put gas in my car, you know? So even like on the really hard days, it still was like, nope, Heidi, ground yourself. Like count your blessings and put some cream on that rash. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I had stress hives for the first time earlier this summer. Like I didn't even realize how stressed I was. And then I thought I was allergic to something as well. And then I was just like, I don't know. I think it's stress. Yeah. But all I did was like, Benadryl and wet towels while I was sleeping. Oh. <laughs> I was like, this is okay. Can do it. But yeah, at the time I was living with um, an ER nurse, or not ER nurse, but he was a nurse, and um, he gave me some cream. He's like, I don't know, this helps sometimes for my patients have a rash. So I put it on, I'm like, this is amazing. And I look it up, it's, it's diaper rash. <gasps> I bought more. I'm like, I don't even care. So I'd be in Zoom meetings with my co- with my coworkers, and I have diaper rat diaper cream. <laughs> like I have diaper cream. I'm all over my chest, and I don't even care. But you're the only one in there. <laughs> oh no, they suck. Oh, I had to tell. Yeah, yeah but it's just white. I mean, have you seen diaper rat? It's like yeah, white. it's thick. Yeah, it's so yeah. thick. So gosh, that's funny. I mean, you gotta get the babies to stop scratching. Right. Exactly. No self control. Exactly. I don't have any self control yeah. either. Yeah, it's so bad. So yeah, this is on my neck. And- yeah, I feel like I'll treat mosquito bites differently now, though. Oh, I've yeah. never been so itchy in my life right, before. Right, right. But, was yeah. it close to your wedding? Were you were nervous that you would still have it? No, it was this summer. Oh, um, this summer, not yeah, last summer. Yes, so okay. I just, like, I designed this camp, and then I was, like, running this camp, mm-hmm. and then I don't know what else was going on. I think there's like, a lot of, like, social woes that I was navigating, mm-hmm. and I, like, didn't know how to resolve everything, and then I just, like, was adding things to my plate and adding things to my plate and forgetting I can say no to people and then I was just like I'm so itchy <laughs> and my partner was just like you need to calm down like you're just really stressed yeah. out and you just need to like take a shower and you're fine and I was oh like God. I don't even know I'm not stressed out I'm not stressed <laughs> out but I was yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> not stressed out as much now but 
and the you need to calm down and that never works no it doesn't either it makes me so angry (laughs) (laughs) exactly that's exactly how i feel like excuse you yeah no yeah no 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 yeah but yeah i always try to keep my humor too make jokes about things Mm -hmm. it's like if you can't do that you're just you know you're just screwed (laughs) like you're just (laughs) just lost it yeah you've you've lost the grip Mm -hmm. on life I was reading, um, I can't remember where it was, but someone was like, if I'm in an argument with somebody and the argument doesn't actually matter and I recognize that, I'll just make a joke and we'll diffuse the situation. Mm -hmm. And so I started doing that with my partner about all of the things that I was starting arguments about because I was stressed out. And then I would just be like, all right, this doesn't matter. And also like, you're really defensive right now and I'm really sorry. Yeah. And then I would start laughing and it would diffuse the whole thing and then I'd be like, oh, oh okay, I'm not stressed anymore. Yeah. But, That's good. I need to do that more when I'm... Yeah. It's hard. That's it's so really hard. hard. I definitely yeah. don't do that all the time. It's like a new practice I'm yeah. just dipping into. Nice. But I don't like yelling. I don't like being in fights. I don't mm-hmm. like being in conflict. Mm-hmm. I find myself in conflict a lot because I'm stressed out and I like don't know how to communicate because I'm so stressed out I can't think. But, yeah, I'm conflict yeah. avoider for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It just like piles up though. And then it's yeah. just like, okay, but now I'm mad at everybody. Yeah. yeah. But. My partner's from Massachusetts area, so he's he's not an avoider. Oh. He's like, let's talk about things. Mm-hmm. And let's break it out. I'm going to show you, tell you like it is, and mm-hmm. which I super appreciate. Yeah. yeah. My partner is also the kind of the person who we'll do the same thing mm-hmm. group in a family where they were just like nope we're gonna figure this talk out talk about everything yeah mm-hmm. yeah and then my partner also does a what what they say is what they mean mm-hmm. and like no. well, that's not yeah. where I grew yeah, up no. No. so it's a learning curve but mm-hmm. I really appreciate that I can actually trust that what comes out of the mouth is true yeah like, oh yeah oh, okay yeah yeah okay okay yeah that's nice. It helps me navigate myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. How long have you been with your partner? Uh, November will be three years. Oh. Yeah. Did you, so you met them in town? Mm-hmm. Oh, how'd you meet? We met actually on Bumble, but kind of a funny story. We have a mutual friend who had been, who had tried to hook us up, mm-hmm. but at the time we were both like, I'm not, I don't hear you. You know, you're just <laughs> like, I'm not ready for it. I don't. It went in one ear and out the other. And then um, the, the friend isn't uh, officiates weddings. So oh, I, was, nice. I was her plus one at a wedding in Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. And she mentioned this guy again. And I listened. I actually heard. And uh, at the time I was going through therapy. And the therapist really wanted me to take risks. Oh. And had specifically said... Um, you need to go on dates with strangers. Like, don't just go out with the, the people that your friends are hooking you up with. Like, go on dates with strangers. So when the friend mentioned him, I was like, it sounds great, but I really, I really need to do this. And I, I have goals with my therapist, and I just need to do this. So I was on Bumble, mm-hmm. and I see him, and we're a match. And I just, I see his name, and the cute little three-year-old, and I, so I screenshot the picture, and I sent it to her, and I was like, is this who I think it is? And she's like, yes. So that helped helped us both make it made it easier for us to meet because mm-hmm. we had that connection. So that was kind of fun because we were both like everybody has their their 
their baggage and their wounds and stuff mm -hmm. and we're both pretty wounded so it was just helps to to be able to uh, have that like already know I already trust him because mm -hmm. I trust my friend you know did she officiate she did yeah Aww. yeah that's so cute yeah, it was fun <laughs> so yeah we dated for gosh a year and a half maybe and then he asked me to marry him and we didn't want to wait too long we mm -hmm. didn't want to rush it too much but so yeah we haven't even known each other three years but Things are going great. Nice. That's wonderful. Yeah, now a little three-year-old six, so that happened. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That's like a really key developmental stage, like mm -hmm. three till six. Mm -hmm. It's just like super intense with like what they're learning, what they're doing, what yeah. they're figuring out, and you're just kind of like, ah! Yeah, it's <laughs> a lot. I know, and it happens so quick, too. It's interesting because we only have him every other week. The other day I was like, he's grown. He seems a lot taller. And then we measured him, and he had grown... I think a half inch, maybe only two months. It's like, whoa, he's grown a lot. Yeah. But it's fun to have, we, you know, have our house that we can measure mm -hmm. his growth and Aww. yeah, it's fun. Mm. Very happy. It's hard though. Mm. Having a little one grow up or being like a step parent. Um, everything. Oh, everything. Yeah. I feel like people. I don't know. I don't know. When you picture marriage, it's just. Not that I didn't picture the bad stuff and the hard stuff, but I don't know. I just had this like, oh, we're getting married. It's going to be so great. And I just didn't focus too much on the... What comes next. It's going to be hard. Yeah. And this learning, learning to live together and learning to communicate and learning to be a family and navigating all that. But it's good. It's good. I'm learning a lot. Yeah. See, I said hard twice, but then I shifted over to I'm learning a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See? Active practices. Right? Um... Yeah, I found that as well. A lot, a lot of folks in the beginning when we first got married were like, oh, how did it change your relationship at like mm -hmm. three months in? And I was like, it's the same. Because mm -hmm. we'd been living together for a while. Yeah. But now I'm kind of like, oh, there are some differences. Mm -hmm. Actually, I'm learning in a different way. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, this is the first partner I've ever lived with. Oh. And I'm not a spring chicken. So <laughs> that was that, yeah. That was interesting. So going 44 years of not sharing a room, mm -hmm. now I'm sharing a small room. <laughs> Do you have like other spaces in your house that are like, this is yours? It's a small York old home. Mm -hmm. So um, we have the basement and the basement basement. And I'd say, I mean, we jokingly call the basement basement his man cave, but mm -hmm. really I mean, it's just the workbenches in there so I <laughs> but I think we probably both when we need to hide we go down to the basement basement on our own you know but that's funny yeah it's too small so no there's not really anywhere <laughs> mm -hmm. but that's okay yeah I find solitude in other ways oh definitely yeah and like I said I have the place to myself for solo dance parties yeah six days a month it's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> That's like an ideal relationship right? in that area. When I used to vision, visualize what I wanted, I would think about how great it would be to be with, with like a firefighter because they stay at the firehouse. Mm -hmm. So like I have that. He's not gonna, there's not a chance that he's going to burn up in a building. So I, got, I, I scored. <laughs> yeah. No fire fear. Right? I like it. That's great. Yeah. Hmm. Well, uh, who should I talk to next? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, 
Oh, what did, who did I think when I... Um, Shannon Day is pretty incredible. I'm trying to think of someone at the Upfront Theater. Mm -hmm. Very interesting people in that, in that group. Um, Shannon Day is a big part of the community. Um, she used to be a clown. And she's now an investment baker. <laughs> I like that career switch. That's not at all what I expected. Um, and she's an improviser and just a kind person. gives gives a lot to the community. She does all the emceeing for all of Lydia Place events. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I think you'd have a inter very interesting, good conversation with her. Grew up Canadian. Um, married to a veteran. They live out in... I see it's Sumas and Acme mixed up. Acme is south, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They own a goat farm. They don't have goats yet, but they want to get goats. They have a tractor. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, get she's one really, step at a time. She's really fun. Mm. I was also thinking, like, Rachel Myers at the Community Foundation would be really good. She's fantastic. She was on the board of directors of the library for years and years, maybe like 12 years. Um, she's also fresh in my head because we just were texting today. Um, R.B. Wick is also a good one. Do you know R.B.? Mm -mm. He owns the Bellingham Coin Shop and oh, okay. cool. Iron Gate Estates. Oh. And he does the, I feel like two or three years in a row now, he's done the Easter egg hunt in town. Have you heard about that? Mm -hmm. Where he, I don't know how much worth of coins and gold and stuff he stashes all over Whatcom and Skagit County. But he's an interesting person and he mm. does a lot for the community and bringing people together. And... So yeah, I'm going to suggest those three. Cool. Thanks. Do you have anybody else lined up? Um, I'm going to go and talk to Kyle at the hub. Oh, nice. Um, he gave me his card and contact info and mm -hmm. I need to like reach out and mm -hmm. do that um, and I think that's the next person I want to talk to and then after that I'm going to start following up with all of the folks I've been recommended to talk nice. to which I think would be a really fun like second step mm -hmm. um, and then I have a couple of other organizations that I'm interested in talking to specifically um, and then I'm going to follow up with all the folks that I've mm -hmm. been recommended to talk to and then see where I go from there yeah yeah. Ari Newman's a good one too. She owns Cool Chocolate. Her and her husband. Mm. You know, Cool used to be. What's that, what it used to be? Such a Bellingham thing to say. What it used to be. Mm. Um, but their chocolatiers in town are pretty amazing. Over by Avellino or? Um... No, they mass produce, so they don't have oh. a little storefront. They um, they do a lot with. Um, helping women in other countries, chocolate, mm. like people, the chocolate cocoa farmers in other countries mm -hmm. and connecting and um, their, gosh, is it Fraser Street? The um, warehouses over there, where the, across from where the uh, camp was for a little bit, Civic Field. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was, I want to say, um, part of, uh, do you know Whips? Mm -mm. Whatcom Young Professionals. She, every year, the 
Chamber of Commerce gives awards to young professionals, and I feel like she was got the award maybe three years ago or something. But I was just kind of visualizing those people, all those people that got their awards. Sue Lin from the Sylvia Center would be really interesting too. Mm. Her and her husband started the Sylvia Center. Yeah, there's a lot of people in town. Yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what the life of this podcast takes on. Yeah. But let me know, anybody that I suggested, you know, if you want their contact information or want me to, um, what we say in Lydia Place, do a warm handoff. I can do that for <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, and thank you for meeting with me and being so willing to, like, reschedule with me so yeah. many times. And yeah. I'm glad this worked out. Figure out a time that works. Mm-hmm. It's, been, it's been really nice. It's been lovely. I was nervous about it. Um, but it's been really, I just, I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go and and just have a conversation and that's what we did and that was really lovely great thank you hey um i've been really enjoying learning how to artfully struct construct Mm -hmm. a a conversation Mm -hmm. i've been listening to a lot of on being by kristen tippett and she's just like oh nice a master at crafting a conversation Mm -hmm. and so i've been trying to like emulate that a little bit trying to emulate all the people i want to be like yeah i say a lot in my case management sessions tell me more about that Mm. elaborate on that Hmm. I like those tips. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to use those on somebody. <laughs> Tell me more about that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, well, I'll let you enjoy the rest of your evening. All right. You too. Mm-hmm. Thank you.